Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We're in a series called Verses That Changed Our Lives. Each week you will hear from one of our staff members about a Bible story that completely changed them. Today, Caleb continues our series by looking at the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This message was recorded on November 3rd, 2022 at the Columbine Suites at the UC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome to Chi Alpha. Yeah. You guys made it in the snow. You made it here and you braved the cold. The only people excited about the snow is Jacob Holiday, I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Samantha is uh, laying some stuff down on the, uh, the floor here. We're going to get to that in just a second. And, uh, but before we get into tonight, we have some announcements. And so the first announcement that we have for you is prayer meetings. You guys excited for this? Come on. Now, listen, we pray every week, twice a week, on campus as a community, we pray for this campus, right? Now, we believe in Chi Alpha that God uses prayer to change the world, right? So this is something we all want to be involved in. And so just as a review, I know you've probably heard this before, but Mondays at 5 p.m., at the library, Jacob Peck, who's in the back, Woo! is going to be leading a, a group of us praying for campus. Yeah. And then on Tuesdays at 3.30, we're meeting up right out here at the Bear Statue. Come wind, rain, or shine, and we're going to prayer walk the campus, all right? So, Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So y'all come to prayer meetings. Yeah, y'all say hi to Samantha. Hey, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, guys. So our next announcement is, if you guys haven't noticed, we have been at the Ames Community College Woo! here in Greeley. Woo! <laughs> so yeah, if you guys want to help us with outreach, um, I know a number of students here now are from Ames, which is so cool. So if you want to help us with outreach, we're going to be at Ames every single Thursday from 10 to 1, tabling, meeting new students. Um, but yeah, it's already been super amazing. Um, Ames is, yeah, there's a lot more students than I think we were expecting. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, be there yeah, on Thursday. They have a good cauliflower pizza, too, <laughs> at, at the uh, cafe there. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what we got next? Hey, uh, we have Missions Week yeah. next week. Woo! Missions Week. This is one of the highlights of the year for us. Uh, we take, if you guys don't know, we take mission trips during spring break. And during the summer, a couple yeah. times in the summer. And our mission trips are both stateside and overseas, all right? Woo. On different continents. So we want you guys to come with us on missions. And so next week's going to be a pretty incredible week. So, Samantha, why don't you tell us what's going on next week? Yeah. So next week, we are going to not only just have missions night like we normally do every Thursday, but we're going to have stuff every single day of the week except Fridays. Um, so, yeah, literally like Hope is doing, take out your phone and take a picture of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll post it on social media. But you guys aren't going to miss out. Mondays, we're going to have prayer for the nation. Woo! Um, Tuesday, we're going to do Meal with a Missionary with our special guest who's visiting us, um, Mark Renfro. 
Yeah. Do you want to tell a little? Yeah, Mark no? Renfro. Yeah. He's a he's a good friend of Chi Alpha's. He's been all over the world. He was a missionary in the Middle East for many many years. He's got some incredible stories to share, and the fact that he's going to spend a week with us is pretty incredible. He lives yeah. down in Colorado Springs, and actually, I think this week he's spending the week with a Chi Alpha in Texas. So as soon as he's done with them, he's going to make it up here and be with Ooh. us for the week. So so get excited for Mark Renfro. It's yeah. going to be awesome. That'd be awesome. Hey, after grad luncheon, woo! You guys excited for this? Woo, yeah. A lot of you guys have RSVP'd so far. Um, if you are coming to this, we need you to RSVP, so you can scan that QR code and let us know you're coming. It's free, there's free lunch, and it's Saturday, November 12th, which is not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And we're gonna meet at Greeley First Assembly at 11.30 in the morning. And we're going to be learning about how to walk with God after college, all right? Woo. You guys know that walking with God is not just a Chi Alpha thing, what? but it lasts beyond college, right? And so we're going to be hearing from some people that are in the church world, are in the, like, the workplace making disciples. You're also going to hear about, if you want to join our staff, we're going to have information Woo. for you about how to do that. Uh, we also have an internship program, a nationally yeah. accredited internship program. So if that's something that you've been thinking about and praying about, yeah, Mark is an intern Woo! this year. Samantha and CJ, who's not yeah. here tonight, they're all interns, and they're learning how to be campus ministers full-time, which is pretty great. And uh, so if you guys have been praying about doing that, please come to this luncheon and get this information. It's going to be awesome, and we're getting it catered, so it's going to be amazing, all right? So please RSVP. You can also go to our Instagram, XAUNC, and just click the link in the bio. You can RSVP like that, too, okay? All right. What do we got next? Woo. Yeah. Go ahead. Salt. Do I have to the video? No. Or no, just let it go. <laughs> but yeah, salt is a thing Yeah, this year. let's go. Woo! If you've been with us, yeah, if you've been with us the past, like, what, four years, it's been fall salt. We normally have our salt conference, which is what these pictures is, but we normally have that in September, October, but we're changing it this year, um, and we're doing salt in January. Yeah, it'll be really, really awesome. So um, it's MLK weekend. It's going to be three nights up in Estes Park at the YMCA of the Rockies. It's going to be a really, really awesome time. Um, so right now, we're going to get you more info later um, after missions week. But for now, tell your bosses, um, schedule this week out or this weekend so you can definitely plan on being there. It's going to be an awesome time. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Mark your calendars. Ooh. Last thing tonight, we have offerings, so we're going to take up your, our normal tithes and offerings tonight. So if this is your spiritual family, if this is where uh, every week you feel like this is your, your family of God that you belong to and you want to give back to the Lord, we will take those offerings. So let me pray over the offering, and if you want to give, here are the codes to give tonight. So Father, we thank you for provision. We thank you, Jesus, that you have given us everything that we need to be healthy, to succeed in this life, God. Lord, we know that you are the provider. Jesus, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And it's not that you need our money. It's that we give to the kingdom of God to, to show that money is not our idol. That money doesn't sit on the throne of our hearts. So we freely give of our resources to see your kingdom advance at UNC and at Ames and around the world. So God, bless this offering as we take this tonight, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I think that's it for the announcements, right? I think so, I think so right? Is there any more? Yeah, okay. Woo. Hey, would you like to introduce our speaker tonight? I am biased, I but yes. I think you should, yeah. <laughs>
But yeah, I'm obviously a little biased at who the speaker is tonight. Um, so I want you guys to give a very warm welcome to the best guy on staff here at Chi Alpha, <laughs> Mr. Caleb Carnell. <laughs> How y'all doing? Y'all hear me? Yeah, Caleb! Yeah. 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 They know I hate the standing ovations. Yeah. <laughs> Is this mic on? Y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Awesome. Awesome. Well, good evening, guys. How we doing? Good. And guys, worship was incredible you know sometimes we're just singing songs but that that was worship give it up for George that was that was, that was great <laughs> yeah that was awesome you know I love the uh, uh, one of one of those songs we, we sang at the end that George uh, just kind of kind of went on his own off of was uh, you know when he when he sang here I am to worship you know the uh, the, the bridge to that song says you know I'll, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross it's just so, because, you know, God's grace, it costs us nothing, but it costs him everything. You know, we say, for God so loved the world that he gave. And uh, when we have missions week coming up, this upcoming week, and we're, we're able to give to something that is so near and dear to God's heart. It's a beautiful opportunity. But, anyway, we are continuing in our series this week of verses that changed our lives. How many of you guys enjoyed the series so far? Yeah. Oh, it's been, it's been awesome. We've had... Uh, amazing, amazing guys come and girls come up and, and preach what's really, really on our hearts. But today, we're going to be talking about a, a scripture, multiple scriptures, in fact, that have really changed my life, my outlook on who God is, who Jesus is. So we can go to the slide. We'll have our verses found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Now, this is the last two verses of the entire book of Ecclesiastes. And this is the whole uh, wrap-up of this. It says this. Let us hear the conclusion of this whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity we get to be together. Lord, I pray that, uh, that this message doesn't fall on deaf ears, that you speak, Lord, that you give that you give utterance, that you give wisdom and guidance to all who need to hear. And we pray. Amen. All right, so I want to be jumping around to a few different scriptures to let you know that this verse and this topic is not just an isolated verse that we're just finding in Ecclesiastes, but it's all over. If you can go to the next slide, I've got a few different verses up here, and you can flip to them if you like, but I'll be going rather quick. Exodus 1, verses 15 and 17. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, and he said to them, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on birth, the birthstools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Deuteronomy verse, chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in all of his ways and to love him, 
to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Job 2, 3. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Proverbs 1, 7, 9, 10, and Psalm 111, verse 10, all say, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And now in the New Testament, Acts 9.31, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. And 1 Peter 1.17, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Now this is not a comprehensive list of all the times that the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. But here's just a, there's just a few examples just to maybe give you guys an idea that this isn't just something that's found in one verse or that is not just taken out of context, that the Bible t- clearly talks about the fear of the Lord. But you guys ever been confused by this topic, by the fear of the Lord? I, I, this was a topic, I grew up in the church and I heard about the fear of the Lord so much. And I heard about it and I... I was heard so many messages. I saw, I read it in the Bible, but it just confused me because I, how could, why, we, why do we have the fear of the Lord, but the Bible also tells us not to fear? To me, that was just so confusing. And, and, I, 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 and so eventually, I just decided to skip over every single verse that said that, or just read through it real quickly, not give it a second thought, and just go, go really, really quickly. And it's like, I didn't want, I didn't want to pay too much attention to it. But I want to tell you guys, that's not a right way to read scripture. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think it was Francis Chan who would say, uh, if, if I'm reading a verse in the Bible that I don't agree with, then I have to assume that I'm wrong. And so ignoring parts of scripture is just not the wise thing to do. And in fact, what we're supposed to do is wrestle with it. You know, ask our brothers and sisters about it. Ask your small group leader about it. Ask people that have been walking with God longer than you. You know, research it. But most importantly, pray about it. You know, like a lot of times we end up going to everybody else about something that we're confused about before we go to God. <laughs> we end up being so confused about, about the Bible that we'll go to everybody else say, I don't like this, I don't agree with this, I don't agree with this. And well, why not ask God about it? You ask everybody else about it. <laughs> I mean, honest, some of the best moments I've ever had in, uh, in, in my mornings with God have just been after reading verses I wasn't sure about, or I didn't agree with, to ask the Lord about it. God, what does this mean? God isn't afraid of your questions, but you better be ready for his answers. <laughs> so when we talk about the, the fear of the Lord, now I want to explain there's, there's, two, there's really two types of fears. There are the good fears that lead us to the right action and the bad fears which will lead us to the wrong action, you know, like, like a phobia. Or well, there's healthy fears that will lead you to the right action, like, you know, we teach children to have a healthy fear of traffic to not play in the road. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a healthy fear. However, that's not a phobia. That doesn't mean that you are scared of every single road that you come across, but there is a healthy fear that you know that... Uh, that you know not that there's danger there. There's here. So you can put that next next slide up. Oh, the fear of the Lord is not a phobia of the Lord. 
fear of the Lord is not phobia alone. You know, the same thing with electrical outlets. We, we, don't, we teach children not to, not to play with the electrical outlets. Why? Because there's, there's a healthy fear there that we need to have that, hey, if you do that <laughs> wrong, you stick something wrong in there, it could kill you. <laughs> That doesn't mean we're scared of electrical. We have to use them today. We have to use them every day, really. But now imagine that there's there's someone else. There's somebody that is like the epitome of masculinity, right? They're like they are. They are strong. They are well, maybe even a a former marine. You know, put that up. <laughs> now. A healthy fear would be not to mess with that man. <laughs> That's not a man you want to pick a fight with. <laughs> yeah. William. But that doesn't mean that we're afraid of him. Does that make sense, guys? You guys see that there's different kinds of fear. That <laughs> unfortunately, there's a lot of unhealthy fears in this world. A lot of unhealthy fears on college campuses, and maybe some, some even in this room. So I looked up some of the most common fears among, just among college students, and that's in the, here. Does any of this guys give you some, some <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird you out a bit, kind of creep you out? <laughs> you guys struggling with this at all? <laughs> Choosing the right major, making friends, finances, failing a class, <laughs> learning a new city, homesickness, the stressful classes, Roommates, big one. <laughs> Time management. <laughs> and life after graduation. Hey, this this is the internet, not Holy Spirit. I can't can't take credit. <laughs> post grad life, go to the post grad luncheon. That's a little advertisement. <laughs> yeah, but fortunately, this doesn't apply to the Christians in this room because Christians aren't afraid of anything. Right. <laughs> But what if that is, that is what marked us? What if it was, that was what marked that Christians aren't afraid? Christians don't fear anyone or anything other than the Lord. What if Christians only feared God? And Christians are to fear the Lord and nobody else. We see a lack of the, of the fear of the Lord everywhere. We see it in the world. We see it on campus. We see the, these things that, uh, that God hates and that, we are, that people parade around. And I think one of the reasons that, that we don't have enough uh, fear of the Lord in our society is because there's not enough in the church, at least among us. There's not enough of the fear of the Lord with Christians. So we like to see, we, we, we like to see one side. Yeah, we like to see the love of God. We like to see how wonderful the cross is, but we don't see how costly that grace was. You know, there can be a false assumption that, that, has, that can go around with, uh, with Christians. It goes something like this, and maybe you guys have heard this before, or maybe even have gotten this impression, but that the, the God of the Old Testament was just angry, and he was judgmental. But the God of the New Testament is loving and kind. The kind of mentality that says, I don't want the God of the Old Testament. I want the God of Jesus. And, not real, and we, we tend to separate those two. And people will we'll cut out the entire Old Testament 
just to isolate what they like. But then you start to realize that you have to cut out parts of the New Testament, too. (laughs) (laughs) So our God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then although it is true that God did get angry in the Old Testament, he got angry quite a bit in the New Testament, too. Did you ever look at the, at the anger of Jesus? Did you know that Jesus got angry? <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in, in John 2, it talks about how when Jesus goes in and he whips out the money changers, right? Isn't that <laughs> it kind of seems a lot different than uh, those awful pictures of Jesus that you see in a lot of different churches? <laughs> the one of just him uh, holding a little lamb and just being so nice and... <laughs> You don't. I want to see one of the uh, of Jesus just whipping people out. Of there. <laughs> That's right. But it is a side to Jesus that we don't that we don't see enough. We don't talk about enough, you know. Because so in this in, in John two, anyways, there was a, the temple was, and the central temple was the only part uh, that, on, that only Jews could go to. And then the outer temple was where everybody else could go to and come and make sacrifices to God. And the Jews were, were, make, were charging people, were making them only pay with certain money, and they were exploiting them for so much money that they didn't, that they didn't have. And, and that's when Jesus got angry. Like, he said, my, my house is be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You know, when, when I was a student, when I when I went to Sam Houston, there was a there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of new differences just going from moving from Colorado down to the down to the Bible Belt and being on that was my first uh, secular campus being on and and I loved it. But there's one thing that really irked me a bit at first, and I would see I would go on campus and I would see there's there's not so much here, but there would be people. On, on the corners in the, in the middle of, the, of campus just preaching, but they were all preaching about the, about the judgment of God and how to repent of sins. And, and to me, that irritated me. I didn't like that. And I remember, I remember even going up to uh, my fellow uh, brothers and sisters be like, hey, I don't, I, was like, I don't like this. And we're, we talk about this. And finally, one guy said, well, what don't you like about it? And I was like, well, I, ju- I just feel like he's not saying the right, the right stuff, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, let's go listen to what he's saying. And I began to realize that the more we actually heard what he was saying, almost every bit of it was directly from Scripture. But it was just Scripture that I had unknowingly just blotted out or not wanted to talk about. And I, had, and I realized, too, that, they, that the, a lot of the people that were, that were yelling at back at this street preacher about half of them were, were the atheists, what you would expect. But then the other half were also the Christians who just didn't like this, what he was saying. Didn't like the, the style he was going on. That's not Jesus is what they would say. That's not, that's not the God. That's not true Christianity is what they would say. Right? They, is, they were on a whole different spectrum, to only talking about the love and the, and, the, and, the joy and the mercy of Jesus without talking about the real judgment or the fear of the Lord. I realized that these street preachers had a fear of the Lord that I didn't have. That they were able to endure all the cursing, the humility, the yelling, the police even coming up to them at times. And even though they weren't breaking the law, they endured all that. I realized they had a fear of the Lord that I didn't have because they feared God and nobody else. 
Because many of us have had an, a false impression of God, of a God that blesses people but would never curse them. He's a God that shows mercy but never judges. A God that gives kind words but never harsh ones. And we have the we have wrong one. Romans eleven twenty two. You can throw that up. It says this. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. And God is slow to anger, but He does get angry. But His anger is righteous and is something that we should fear. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, as as the psalmist says, as Solomon would say in Proverbs. Again, that doesn't mean. It's a phobia of the Lord. You know, Jesus addresses this in uh, Matthew 10, 28. He says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The simple fact is this. If you fear God, you will feel nothing else. If you fear the Lord... You will fear nothing and nobody else. See, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And it won't come just because people will, have, will because God will come and there will be, because uh, when Jesus comes back and he will convince people. It won't come because he will have to run for, uh, for an election <laughs> like he's a, uh, I like a debate, I have to convince people who he is. People will, will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, because he will come mightily. He will come in strength. In uh, Revelation 19.11, it says, says this. It says, Now heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness... He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now at his mouth goes a sharp sword, and that with it he should strike the nations." And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, that word uh, in verse 13, that's a, that when it says dipped in blood, you know, that word dipped can be translated to sprinkled. It's like, whose blood is it? It's not his blood. When God comes, there will be uh, the fear of the Lord will overtake everybody. It won't just be those, and every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You know, there was a man. There's a man in back. Have you guys ever heard of the Salvation Army? Oh yeah, they're always out on the corners, always on the street corners, especially during Christmas time. You're gonna see them out in front of King Supers and out in. Uh, and out preaching and well, not even preaching but just collecting money for stuff but that's not how they used to be do you guys know that right. Right, so there was a only William and Catherine Booth started the Salvation Army and they were a aggressive missions movement they were fierce they were a force to be reckoned with 
And Fred and this uh, this man on the right here, his name is Frederick Tucker. And uh, Frederick Tucker would become would end up becoming William Booth's son-in-law. But uh, this story happens before before then. And so Frederick Tucker w took him and a and a few other and a few other people with the Salvation Army. They go over to India. And they are and they wanting to preach the gospel in the streets. They're wanting to go and and to uh, go out in full force. And he knows that there's all these other religions that are able to do that too. The Muslims, the Hindus are able to uh, able to preach the gospel, but or preach their or what, whatever they're wanting to talk about. But the government, for some reason, was cracking down on the Christians, especially. And Fred and Frederick Tucker was fiery. He did not like that at all. And so while he or they're going out to they're going up the streets, and this is a quote from 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 this from this book, uh, the general after uh, oh, over God. But it says this: From pavement to pavement, the road was blocked by a solid phalanx of police, some on foot, others astride, groomed, gleaming from mounts. Dismounting, Deputy Commissioner John Godfrey Smith called dramatically, "In the name of Her Majesty, Queen of England and Queen Empress of India, I order you to disperse." Tucker, stepping ahead, now raised his hand to command silence. His voice clear and unafraid, he answered, In the name of his majesty, the king of kings and lord of lords, I command you to stand aside. Now, praise team can come back up. Frederick Tucker was a man who feared God. He feared nobody else. He did not fear the law. He did not fear what people can do. He did not fear people that could just merely kill him. Rather, he feared the Lord. And he wanted to be after God's own heart. You know, the fear of the Lord is what, is, is what gives us bravery. What, what the, the ironic thing is that, you know, fearing God is actually what gives us, is what's going to give us courage. The fear of the Lord is what gave Daniel, the courage is to face the lion's den. The fear of the Lord is what gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the courage. Now, the fear of the Lord all throughout Scripture is what gives courage, what is necessary for believers. So now going back to Ecclesiastes 12. Now one of the reasons I chose this verse in particular about why this verse changed my life is, was just the uh, the whole chapter. It's the it's the conclusion. If you guys have never read Ecclesiastes, it's about it's about Solomon. Solomon is writing this at the end of his life. The wisest man to ever live is now looking back on his life, and he's come to the whole conclusion that it's all vanity. It's all meaningless. Everything is pointless. And so he writes this as the beginning of his conclusion. Verse twelve. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Now the rest of this chapter is very, very poetic, but it all means the same thing. Don't forget God while you're young. It's going to be too late at some point. We're not promised another day. And he ends with this. Let's, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments. 
for this is man's all. For God will bring into work every judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. You guys, maybe some of you guys here have uh, grown up in the church who have, kn- who have known God your whole life. Maybe you've only known God for a little while, but you haven't known every aspect of God. You know, I praise God. I, I know I haven't known every aspect of God, and, I'm, and that's, that's the joy of being a believer, is that you are still learning day after day. You get to see Jesus in a whole new light than you used to. But maybe this is your first time hearing about the reverence and the fear of, of God that we need to have. And so I just want to take this next time as response time is just to seek the Lord and to seek Jesus and to ask him, Lord, reveal to me something about you, something I don't know. And when you go, come in, when you go to the Lord, go in reverence. Go with that fear and trembling, the same trembling that every single person in the Bible <laughs> whatever, whoever had when they met Jesus, when they met the Lord. So, Father, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for every person here. God, I thank you that you are Lord, that you are sovereign, and that you're coming back again. God, I thank you that that you're mighty, that you are worth serving. Jesus, be with us and reveal to us who you are. It's in your name we pray. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at XAUNC, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.